Hello, baseball fans, and welcome to Sully Baseball Daily, the podcast we talk about baseball 365 days a year, unless it's a leap year, and then we're going to do another one. I've been doing this every single day since October 24th, 2012. It's now October 18th, 2016, just a few days away from my fourth anniversary of doing a podcast every single day, and I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully. I'm recording this from a Sully Baseball studio in Palo Alto, California, the birthplace of Oakland A's manager, Bob Melvin, and I bet if I dig deep enough, someone who played for the Cleveland Indians was either either born here or went to Stanford. In fact, that's got to be what I I got to pull out a Cleveland for a former Cleveland Indian. Well, Jack McDowell played for the Indians for like a year, and I know he was one of the biggest stars in the history of Stanford baseball. But I got I'll go, I'll go do you want I'll swing by Sunken Diamond today cuz they have a list of the the players who have played there. Uh, the major league players who have played there. Yeah, I could go on Google. I could go on Wikipedia. But I think it's more romantic to go to the actual field and hell. I may even squeeze out an extra podcast out of it. Look at that. I'll go to I'll go to Sunken Diamond today and, and there you go. I need to I need to post an evergreen anyway because eventually there'll be a dark day or two in this postseason. I need to be prepared. So um, this is going to be one of those podcasts where I check in from time to time. This is a Cleveland-centric podcast. Yeah, I know the Dodgers and the Cubs are getting their season, their series back up and running today, and we'll be talking a lot of Dodgers-Cubs coming up, but good Lord, we may not have much more to talk about with Toronto-Cleveland after today, after this afternoon. And I want to say something I think is great. The fact that this game is a day game, it's 1 o'clock in the afternoon, is the start time of Toronto-Cleveland here. And I believe that makes it, what is that, make it 4 in Cleveland or 3? I can't remember. Is Cleveland Central Time or is it East Coast Time? Well, whatever the hell it is, it's early enough that if you're coming home from school, if you're coming home from work, that if the Indians win today, and they're throwing Corey Kluber, and I'll get into the pitching in a minute, they're throwing Corey Kluber, and they are going to, you know, they're 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 lined up to be the pennant winner if they can win this game. If they can win a game where their Cy Young contender is on the mound, and I'm assume is going to go longer than Trevor Bauer who got two more outs than me yesterday, then the Indians are going to go to the World Series. And for people, for Cleveland fans, this would be a chance to watch. You know, this is not one of those situations that it's too late for kids to watch. I mean, if you go by the rule of seven, which is, for those of you who are new to the River Sully, the rule of seven is you don't really start following sports teams till you're around seven years old. That's when your first real memories are formed. That's when you first really start to figure out who the players are and everything. As I said, there are some exceptions, some later, some earlier, but roughly it's about seven years old. When you ask someone who's your first favorite player, your first big memory, inevitably someone's recalling something when they're about seven years old. So just going over the fact that it's, what year is it, 2016, the last time the Indians won the pennant was 1997. 
when they beat Baltimore and they went on to the World Series against Florida, and we all know what happened there. That was 97. That was 19 years ago. Unbelievable. That was 19 years ago. Well, if you were in, and this, this is what I mean by the rule of seven, okay? It was 19 years ago, but if you're a 19-year-old in Cleveland, you don't remember that because you were an infant. And you probably don't remember it if you were one. You probably don't remember if you were two. So probably the earliest that you have a memory, if you're a Cleveland Indian fan, the youngest kid who had a memory of the Jose Mesa meltdown and Edgar Renteria's single off the glove of Charles Nagy is a 26-year-old in Ohio. Think of that. 26. You're, you're, you're closer to 30 than you are to 20. And everyone that age, 26 and younger, this is their real, their first real concrete memory of the Indians potentially winning a pennant. I mean, they got to the game seven of the ALCS in 2007, but then collapsed in the last three games against the Red Sox. And uh, they got to the league championships in 98, um, and they lost a, a, a series to the Yankees. It was actually a pretty good series. People don't remember that because the Yankees were such a powerhouse the rest of the year. So if you're 26 years or younger, you're going to be home, and the seventh or eighth inning will be right around dinner time in Ohio. And you can watch this. You're not staying up super late. And if they win then this is a memory for young Cleveland fans to have forever. I know I'm counting my chickens a little before they hatch, and for those of you who are going to hear this, you're going to hear it. You already know what happened in Game 4. I think the Indians are going to win. I think they have the best pitcher in the American League on the mound, and I think they have an absolutely reeling Toronto Blue Jays team who were given a gift game yesterday and could not cash in on it. And so, just, if you're a fan of the Cleveland Indians and you're in Ohio or wherever you are, watch this because this is one of those moments that could be a seminal moment for young fans. I'll give you an example of a moment that happened like this recently for another franchise who had even a longer wait. Kansas City won the pennant in 2014. They won the World Series the next year, but when they won the pennant in 2014, they were like Cleveland and they stampeded through it. They were a wildcard team. Cleveland wasn't a wildcard team. But they swept the Angels, who a lot of people thought were going to possibly win the pennant that year. I didn't. Um, they swept Baltimore, who I did think was going to win the pennant that year. And suddenly, a team that was looked upon as somewhat of an afterthought when the postseason began won the American League pennant. Now, they had not won a pennant since 1985, 29 years before. And then you add the rule of seven, and then it's basically anyone who was, what, is <laughs> 36 years old or younger? This is their first memory of a pennant in Kansas City that year, in 2014, and it was a day game. They won, and it was a day game. 
So the first image of the Royals winning the game that sends into the World Series was early enough for people of a certain generation and people who are older. I mean, like, you don't see real super old people staying up that late. Then you have old and young and those in between all able to share that instead of looking at the highlights the next morning. So this is something potentially cool. Now, of course, what happened in last night's game was effing surreal. You have Trevor Bauer, who, you know, he's always been a little flaky. Um, here's the deal. When you like to play with things that have sharp blades that spin, um, you've got November, December, January, half of February. You can have fun doing that. Uh, he cut his finger, of course, doing the drone thing which sounds like a dance move. We're going to do the drone thing. And they tried to stitch it up. The stitches opened up. You can't have a bloody hand. You can't just have you can't just be bleeding all over the ball. And this is not quite as heroic as the bloody sock game. You know, someone asked me that is this going to be the Indians version of the bloody sock game? Well, what it was is a game that showed how good the Indians bullpen is. Cuz the Indians bullpen went 8 and a third innings and held the uh, Toronto Blue Jays with their massive attack to two runs. It wasn't all Andrew Miller and Cody Allen. They had to dig deep. They had to pull out people who I forgot were even on the damn team. But they did. They did. And if you had said, hey, a starting pitcher came in and held the Toronto Blue Jays to two runs over eight and a third innings, uh, everyone would take it. And that's what the bullpen did. And this was a gift, as I said, a gift game for Toronto. They're like, all right, they're going to have to go to the Manships and the Oteros in the first. So let's get our offense going because these are not real superstar relievers. And they couldn't get it going. Save for a Michael Saunders homer here or a couple of hits there. They can't get it going. This same offense that made mincemeat out of Cole Hamels and Hugh Darvish were flailing away. Had a bunch of pitchers who, I mean, unless you're the biggest Cleveland fan in the world, you don't know who these schmucks are. And these schmucks did a great job. They're good schmucks. And, of course, king schmuck is Andrew Miller. Now, unless I did my calculations wrong, he's pitched nine postseason innings out of the bullpen and has struck out 20. 20. That's Roger Clemens. That's Kerry Wood. That's Randy Johnson. That's Max Scherzer. Those are all the people who have struck out 20 batters in a nine-inning game. In the equivalent of a nine-inning game, Andrew Miller has pitched a masterpiece and a shutout to boot. That, and I really sound Canadian right there, to boot. And to be able to use that, now they used him as a closer yesterday to close out the game. And that's good. Give him a chance to, you know, pony up a save right there. Don't give it all to Cody Allen. But it was also the right matchup, bringing in Allen when he did and bringing in Miller when he did. All of a sudden, you know, everyone talked about the team of Destiny being the Cubs, 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 Cubs. And you know, everyone knows my thoughts on the Cubs. Anyone look at this Indians team? Think about this for a second. The Cleveland Indians have let up 10 runs this postseason. They played six games. They've let up ten runs. 
total, total in those games. And they've shut down offenses. The Blue Jays, who they played, scored 10 runs in one game against Cole Hamels, who, yes, slumped down the stretch, but he's still, it's not like he's like someone throwing underhand. This is a potent lineup with guys who come in up all the time who could smack the crap out of the ball. The Blue Jays got the tying run on base against Andrew Miller last night. Did anyone feel like that lead was threatened? Yeah, if one of those batters got on, you saw, okay, the Bautistas and the Donaldsons are coming up. Sure, you could envision that happening. And if the Blue Jays won last night, the entire tone of this series has changed. Because it's not outlandish to think of them winning another game at home and sending it back to Cleveland. Instead, I'm would I'm, be stunned if Cleveland doesn't win this game. Absolutely stunned. Because they are so locked in. And they have Kluber. And the narrative that I talked about the few days ago of is this going to be the postseason where Kluber and Kershaw are the stars? Hand the ball to Kluber in a game where the Indians need him. And I mean need him. Not need him Massachusetts, but need him. Because they have a bullpen that gave him almost a complete game. To hand the ball to Kluber and you got to give us eight, preferably nine. I mean, best case scenario for Francona is that the Indians mob Corey Kluber on the mound for the pennant. And I think the chances of that happening are, I don't know if they're great, but they're not bad. If the Indians take a decent-sized lead, you ride, you ride Kluber right to the very end. And then if you have to, hand it to Allen or Miller because then you have a bunch of days off. But Sally, isn't it better to not sweep because then you have all those days off? Shut up. Seriously, shut up. You don't want to have this Toronto team. There's a siren. Did I say something wrong? Am I about to be arrested? You all hear that siren, right? Obviously, I'm not in a soundproof booth. And do you know what? I don't feel like turning that off as Palo Alto's finest are out to catch the bad guys. Anyway, it's not the point. The point is this. If the Indians win, it could give the bullpen a chance to settle down. It could give Trevor Bauer a chance to get a better Band-Aid. And now it looks like there's a possibility that Danny Salazar could be ready to pitch in the World Series. This is an Indians team that could shut anybody down. And when you take a look at the fact that the Cubs' middle of their lineup has been slumping and the Dodgers' middle of their lineup is what is what it is. It's not exactly an all-star team. Could this be Cleveland's year? And if you go by the rule of seven, if you're a seven-year-old fan in Cleveland, you're looking around and going like, what the hell is all this talk about Cleveland being a cursed sports city? My only memory of basketball are two straight trips to the NBA Finals. We won one of them. Now we're on the verge of stampede to the World Series. Hell, it's good to be a Cleveland fan. And indeed, it very well may be. But I'm not going to count the chickens before they hatch. Also, i got to say, there's a lot of talk about whether or not they should have the Chief Wahoo hat and everything. Um, 
I'm not a fan of the Chief Wahoo hat. I've made that clear. They have the other option. They have the Block C. And, you know, sometimes I feel that there are some fights that are worth fighting. And why is this fight worth fighting? You have the option. No one would object except a true jerk. Who would object if they came out with the Block C hats today? Seriously. It's sometimes I do something or say something that someone might find offensive. And I don't personally find it offensive. But I'll sometimes be like, you know what? I'll back off just because is it worth it? Is this joke worth it? Is this observation worth it? Is this something that is truly important to me to say or do this? And not, you know what, that's not really that important to me. And if it bothers them, fine, fine. I'll go switch to the other hat. So, you know, if anyone is objecting to the Wahoo hat, which we all can admit is a pretty rotten caricature. I mean, look at we can have the discussion of whether or not Indians is a bad name for a team. I'm not crazy about it. I don't think it's as bad as Redskins, which is awful. And if the image on the hat was the equivalent of the Redskins logo, because the, the dude on the Redskins helmet is a pretty handsome guy. I mean, it's not a grinning caricature. It's a, you know, he's a, looks like a, he's a good looking dude. But the caricature of Chief Wahoo is a little like, guys, come on, it's 2016. I mean, that looks terrible. It looks terrible. I mean, change that with any other ethnicity. You know, I mean, we're not even having this conversation. So, you know, just, just put the Block C hat and we'll discuss the name of the team Indians later. I mean, it's there. It's in the trunk. You've been wearing it most of the season. The helmet's the damn Block C. Or go back to that the, the hat that they used to wear in the 70s, which was a hard, almost looked like a tomahawk. That was a pretty cool hat. Okay, um, so I'm going to pause here. When I come back, it'll be the end of game four. And I mean, that wasn't, that wasn't a PC rant. It was just sort of like, sometimes it's just common courtesy. Oh, does this bother you? All right, well, I'll just put this hat on. Are we all cool with this hat? Okay, let's move on. It doesn't seem that hard to do. And, and, and why court controversy when you don't have to? There's enough positivity here. Trust me, Cleveland fans will go bananas if they're wearing the Block C hat and win. How do I know that? Because the Cavaliers won the, the NBA title wearing one of the ugliest uniforms you ever did see. And do you know what? Everyone seemed pretty fine with it. So just put on the Block C hats and call it a day. Win a pennant and everyone will be happy. Just trust me on that. Anyway, uh, when I check in, Game 4 of the American League Championship Series will be over. And I will post this podcast. Well, I hope all those people I urged to put their kids in front of the TV to watch a clinching party are not that disappointed. Uh, the Cleveland lost 5-1 to Toronto. There will be a game five tomorrow. Uh, I suppose Tomlin will be the starting pitcher for that. Kluber wasn't exactly the dominant pitcher. He didn't pitch badly. He let up a couple of runs. But, well, there will be a game five. See, Terry Francona had a team down 3 nothing, 
and they came back to win. No, can't happen again. Can't happen again, and it won't happen again because you know it's not going to happen, Cleveland fans. So just relax. Your pal Sully hasn't hexed a damn thing. Uh, Go to SullyBaseball.com. Like me on Facebook. You can see the up-to-date listings of who owns baseball on MLBReports.com. You can be old school. Send me an email at info at SullyBaseball.com. I'm on Facebook, SoundCloud, YouTube, Stitcher, all those things. The music is by Ted Thacker and Patrick Kaliski. This has been the Sully Baseball Daily Podcast for the 18th day of October, 2016. I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully.